fantastic. Hello. Hello. I realise I say fascinating too much, so I need to get a new word. I've not heard you say fantastic before, <laughs> so maybe I'll take that one. That's fantastic. I keep saying that's fascinating because I think it's, you know, it's a better word than interesting because I, I can't bear it when people say, that's so interesting as a response to everything. That's true. That is, that is, that's um, interesting. <laughs> that is very interesting. I think we use interesting a lot, but not in that context. Yeah. I think what we do is when we're bitching about people, we go, do you know what's interesting? Yeah, do you yeah, know yeah, yeah. what's interesting about that? And then I reply, that's fascinating. Exactly. Because then it kind of like, um, like makes our bitching seem academic and yeah. therefore not as bad. Exactly. <laughs> And I definitely use the word symbolic about 50 times a day. Exactly. When I say this is symbolic of when you treated me like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw that in and it just makes every argument seem logical, even if it wasn't. Doesn't make any sense. Just a hot tip for anybody listening. Um, But yeah, okay, you go for fantastic and I'll go for... No, I'm going for fantastic. Yeah, you go for fantastic. I'll go for... Do you know what? Let's go wacky. Let's go superb. (laughs) I'll start saying superb. I thought you were going to add in, oh, let's go wacky at the end of things, which um, I quite like. Yeah, that's a little, I think that's a little <laughs> bit eccentric if I just start saying, that's so wacky, wacky. as a response to everything. Although my favourite TV show when I was growing up, I um, the lead character would say, that's crackers at the, at the end of everything. I actually can't remember the name of the TV show, but I loved crackers. it. It was like this spy high school thing. And there were three characters, and one of the boys for catchphrases was disco. That's disco. And then the girl would say crackers, like when she was nervous. So maybe, maybe I'll start saying that. Okay, crackers. I thought you were going to reference. <laughs> okay, crackers. Okay, crackers. <laughs> I thought you were going to reference the wacky races, which. So you haven't seen Michael McIntyre's The Wheel yet, have you? No, I haven't. Okay, well, I've tried to get you to watch it, and honestly, you will just—you'll just love it. You'll love it. You'll love it as much as you love licorice pizza. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> good, good, good. I actually had um, a bit of a sort of tense conversation um, on Instagram with somebody about that film because they found the age gap relationship to be very problematic. Yeah, well, it is. It is. It's a problematic relationship. But there's no way around. I it. just found it interesting because he um, uh, and this is somebody that I um, like. <laughs> used to fancy as well so every time even though it was years ago every time that I ever interact with them especially if it was on social media I feel like I'm always trying to come across like the cool girl and I always land on the back foot and suddenly <laughs> I was like defending child grooming and it's like <laughs> I couldn't be less appealing to this person now I couldn't be less appealing anyway he did an Instagram story saying he enjoyed it but um oh did anybody else find this uh, age gap relationship weird so I responded like mm, I didn't actually Clearly, in my head, thinking, oh, this makes me sound cool and easy breezy. He responds with an essay back about, I reject that idea. These are all the reasons why. So suddenly it's like, what what am I doing? Why am I suddenly in this position? But it's fine. We we end things on a nice note. Um, And you don't approve of child grooming? I don't approve of child grooming at all. I just don't think that this film not only portrayed that as what the relationship was, I think it was much more of a symbolic, to use your word, about these two people who are lost and find each other. I don't think they're going to end up together. I just think you kind of... I don't think that this film has the obligation to represent all age gap relationships or all 15-year-olds and 25-year-olds. Yeah, I, I... I, I don't I think that's problematic BB but that's fine I was basically going to say something funny about wacky races okay so. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael McIntyre because there was a question about wacky races and what you know the Dick Dastardly character and what his mobile mobile driving mobile what his automobile vehicle, automobile yeah do you remember what his was called no oh, 
Well, you shouldn't have gone on the wheel then. <laughs> anyway, you'll really love it. And there was no questions about licorice, licorice pizza. I don't know why I started talking about the wheel. It's because we, as a treat, we saved it to watch on Sunday morning as we woke up. We went to bed early on Saturday night, got up early on Sunday morning to watch the wheel. It was wild, wild weekend. We did have a fun but weekend. But actually, yes, exactly. Me and Jesse hung out. We did. We went out on the town. In the evening. In the evening. It was really nice, actually. And it also, every time I go out in the evening and I enjoy it, I always think, oh, it's a shame I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I am, I really um I really enjoy being with you um at night time because it's just such a novel experience. I know and I feel so bad that it is so few and far between, but my my um what's the word? My intention is for after this baby I'm going to start drinking more alcohol. Oh, go for it. I yeah. can become a party girl. Well, I'm going to just like, you know, up it a little bit rather than one glass of wine every quarter. Mm. You know, have have a few. Yeah. Why not? And I do... Re- the problem with me and drinking, which I can see in you... Yeah. Um, we're big sippers. Oh, I'm such <laughs> a big sipper. Oh, my God. I'm such a big sipper. That's I can, a very astute observation. Jessie. I can... A, a little Diet Coke and vodka... That's gone ...is in two nothing sips. to me. That's gone in two sips. I find it really, really jarring and actually quite threatening when somebody's sitting opposite you with the same drink and they drink it very slowly. Yeah. So you have to go for a new drink they've only got not even halfway through yeah. this. So I could play. easily get into a drinking problem, I think, because I just, I, I love big sips. I love a big sip. I can't, I think maybe we've got a problem with our throats or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no gag reflex, obviously. <laughs> like, I can't just have a sip. Yeah. It has to be like a triple sip. Yeah, I, um, also, I get a very dry mouth. I get a very dry <laughs> mouth and I just find myself constantly needing to oil it up. So, um, yeah, I, I ended up getting a little bit drunk, actually. Yeah, but you're doing keto, so it's easier to get exactly. drunk. Exactly. I, I, this January, I've been eating no sugar, and um, so I'm on the vodka soda lime, uh, which, if you're eating no sugar, really gets you drunk very, very quickly. Yeah. So but also drinking quite out. a few drinks gets you drunk quite quickly. That could also potentially be it. I can't help it. I looked very nice. People wanted to buy me drinks. Yeah. It's, it's hard to turn down a drink. It is hard. It's near impossible, I would mm. find. Well, people, because I'm pregnant, obviously, they they kept offering me, like, crisps, which was quite nice. Yeah, exactly. But we went to see Alfie recording his show, which he hasn't fucking promoted on social media. And I said, every other person, sorry to get now all managery, but, you know, that's my natural role in life. Mm. He did so amazingly. He got this great opportunity to film a show for Amazon at the Sofa Theatre with a whole load of other really great comedians who all went to town on Instagram with promoting it. Or at least inviting a lot of their friends so that they yeah. have, like, you know, an audience filled with people who are definitely going to laugh. Yeah. Instead, Alfie left it up to the, the gods of chance and these free tickets went to people who might maybe never heard of him. Yeah, and they loved it because he's fucking great. But, um... I've been trying all weekend, it happened on Friday, I've been trying all weekend to get him to do a nice photo, but saying, you know, I recorded my... And it's just amazing. He doesn't have that um, mental illness that I do, yeah. which is to self-promote as much. You know, he doesn't need to get validation from strangers, and he's doing comedy for the sake of doing comedy, which is lovely, mm. but at the same time, you know... Get a grip. Get, get, come on! So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post it. 
I think you should. I think that you should do a nice photo with like a caption like, so proud of my man. So proud of my my baby. Yeah, babe, baby did it. Oh, <laughs> baby's first solo recording. Oh my God, people do that. It's fucking annoying. Oh my God, Baby's yeah. first Apollo. Baby, baby's first Apollo. Just no, it's your first Apollo. Exactly. You're not a baby. There's no baby here. I could pull it off because my name's Bebe, yeah, so exactly. I could go, I could go Bebe's, Bebe's first Apollo. Bebe's first Apollo. <laughs> You never know, it might be happening in so, 2021. Exactly. 2022. You know, exactly. Get me on that lineup. Um, wow. But it did wow. make us have lots of thoughts about social anxiety, didn't yes. it? Which is what we wanted to talk about today. Um, because I don't know if it's obvious to people who might have followed me for a while, but I'm not a party gal. <laughs> and I find social activity in general highly stressful. Yeah. Yeah, and I always have. Yeah, like since I was, uh, since I was tiny, mm. I remember at primary school looking into the playground um, around the corner and looking at everyone else playing, and thinking, "How do I do that?" <laughs> Which is a really horrible, weird memory to have. Like that's one of my earliest memories. Mm-hmm. So I think I've just always been really scared of it, and I don't have like a diagnosis or anything. But I think that. Um, it's it's not a normal. I think I've got a, a, a quite an abnormal approach to. You it. would say that you don't feel you're neurotypical. Maybe. No, 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 no. That's something I've always thought about you. I'm not. I'm definitely not neurotypical. Yeah. I mean, it's like a running thing that I'm I'm bizarre. Yeah. So like maybe I maybe I should go and get a diagnosis and, and have some fucking glory about it for once. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then I can you know put that on my Instagram profile. Yeah, but I also think that um, diagnoses, uh, they help. Like, Alfie even talks about it mm. in his show, right, as being bipolar and stuff. But at the same time, you anyone could be diagnosed with something. Yeah. Um, and also at the same time, if you've lived with it all of your life, maybe there's just a way of, like, you just dealing with it and acknowledging it in your own way. I think that everyone in our family um, has some various way of expressing something that's but maybe everyone does you know, like, genu- wait so that's why it's a spectrum everyone is on the spectrum everyone's on the spectrum but maybe everyone in the Soho theatre on Friday night was also feeling like terrified but or or was mine extreme I have read about some people actually comedians who have been diagnosed with autism later like recently mm-hmm. um like uh what's his name Paddy McGinnis Paddy McGinnis that he's he, his wife um, and their three kids have just been diagnosed with autism. Really? And, yeah, and there's a documentary on BBC I really want to watch, but I listened to her on the Sophia Lispector podcast, and she was saying that it was so great to have this diagnosis come late at the same time as her children being diagnosed because she suddenly felt so relieved that everything she'd been feeling up until this moment in her life, I don't know how old she is, maybe late 30s, 40s, she's... She was like, oh, that's why, mm. that's why. So it would be nice. Well, also, um, in terms of autism in women, I think that um, the reason why uh, it's more difficult to diagnose is because women just are naturally better at sort of masking it. Yeah. I think because of societal pressure and, like, gender roles and stuff, um, women uh, don't tend to diagnose for autism in, like as early on in life. Yeah. So maybe that's um, part of the reason why maybe lots of women discover it later on yeah true do you think you have any um neuro atypical neuro was it i don't think as i said i I said it so confidently the first time and now i'm like which one is it neurodivergent neuro neurotypical is when when, you know you supposedly don't have any issues 
Um, I would say if I was going to have anything, it would probably be um, bipolar yeah. disorder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I definitely have a volatile emotional range, I guess yeah, you'd say. Yeah, but that also could maybe just be described as cancer. Or just being, yeah, cancer, the zodiac sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you mean, just to clarify. Or just being a hormonal bitch at yeah. the same time. That is also my thing. And I find talking to you about social anxiety so, so um, comforting and relieving. Um, but at the same time, we have it. We express itself in a different way. You are such a good actress yeah, yeah. that you're able in social situations to be to, to channel any anxiety you're feeling into extrovert. Yeah, coming across like an extrovert yeah. when really I feel just as anxious as you do, and um, I sort of, especially when I'm around people that I've uh, gauged to be normal, and this could be friends from school, this could be people in my industry, this could be people that I meet at a house party who are doing normal jobs the second that I kind of gauge that I'm being a little bit weird in the conversation instead of my brain being like okay cool turn it down turn it down maybe lower your voice maybe retreat from this conversation that clearly your anecdotes are not going down well at instead I just go the opposite direction and I become a kind of court jester where I like <laughs> just go so insanely quirky and loud and then it still doesn't go that well. I can see people looking at me with a kind of sadness in their eyes. I'm like suggesting, oh, let me set you up with my friends. Like I'm doing crazy things. Mm. And then I leave that interaction feeling so depleted and so bad. And so I naturally either seek out people that I, I view to be like similarly eccentric or quirky to me, or I just then don't end up meeting up with friends. So w- I think we, ha- we yeah. share a similar issue. We really you do. are recording, aren't you? You yeah. just recording a few. Um, I, I see that in you and our mum actually, we all have that trait of becoming the clown. Yeah. Like, I mean, we had a Zoom the other day, and within the first two, like, probably even a minute, I, as a way of, I don't know, trying to be funny, but also, I don't know why, but I just was like, well, I was right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was so... <laughs> funny. <laughs> Alfie was in the background and he shuddered. Like he shuddered with just like, why do you have to be that strange? Like it's so weird, isn't it? Like I it's a way of immediately putting myself down mm-hmm. as a joke. Yeah. So that I seem like I don't know. It's, it's likable? Like, yeah, no, maybe it's like a way of you trying to justify preemptively any bad behaviour. Like, oh, yeah. just in case I say anything a bit wacky in this Zoom in this Zoom call, <laughs> just so you know, I'm damaged. Um, which, again, is just a defence mechanism, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but social anxiety is um, something that a lot of people who listen to our podcast seem to suffer with too. Um, yeah. So we thought we would just give it a, a, a fun go around. Yeah, but it's also so nice that other people, if you go into a room with the knowledge that, well, if you pretend at least that everybody is probably feeling as anxious as you, and and also people mask it with alcohol, that's a huge, a huge kind of um, cheat, I think. Yeah. So, and because I can't mainly drink alcohol because I'm always pregnant, mm. um, that's not a, been a thing I can rely upon. Um, but if you go into the room and you assume that everyone's feeling as tense as you, it, it's or you know imagine them naked or whatever it's it's a bit easier I think yeah and also sometimes I find if you're speaking to someone in a conversation with that you feel inferior to or like you can tell that they're more confident you can tell that they're like a cool person obviously your natural instinct is to shrink within yourself or say something weird um, or just lead the conversation but I can't remember who told me this but sometimes a really good tip 
is if you're talking to somebody that you view to be like of higher status than you, be really warm, like smile and be like, oh my God, I love, I love your outfit. Mm. And they'll either respond really nicely because actually they're just a nice, confident, normal person. Or if they're not nice, as you suspected, they're your enemy. (laughs) They'll like, they'll be weirded out by the fact that you're being nice to them and they'll probably like slip up or like, you know, leave the conversation. That's something that I found very useful. That's a really good, I've seen you do that tactic as well. Yeah. Another great tactic, I think, if you aren't that bothered about being a centre of attention and you just want to kind of, you're at an event because you have to be or, or you're like, you're not really comfortable and you're just trying to get through it quite a good distraction tactic or you know an exercise is to ask the other person as many questions as possible yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, if they yeah. even try to ask you a question deflect to deflect oh my god it's so threatening when somebody doesn't answer questions about themselves yeah. but asks loads and I've always never been that kind of a person mm. I've always been the one to overshare immediately and like start crying and make things weird (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean like I always 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 fuck up in that sense but if you've ever tried the other way and asked somebody loads of questions you feel so powerful oh my god time goes by so quickly because you're just listening to them talk about them themselves which everyone loves to do everyone loves to do and usually it's quite boring Mm. and they're quite mediocre Mm. and they're not they, they, they love the sound of their own voice but they're so happy mm. and you just got to, you just got to kill some time you can just take a little holiday yeah. in your mind and if you really want to throw someone off finding an anxious person and asking them a fuck ton of questions about themselves oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna freak the fuck out and that can be quite fun too well my default as a person as I just said is, is manager yeah so I do find that I attract people in social situations who want to have advice yeah and I'm very good at that you're so good at advice so I don't really mind that I'm not actually that good at advice. <laughs> I instead just offer to set people up with my friends and then never contact these people ever again. It's a really weird thing that I do. I, I'm, whenever I'm feeling awkward, I'm in a room with strangers. If they're my age, I'm not talking to like 40 year olds. Yeah, but even with older people, I've noticed that your yeah your baseline is to go to go very for familiar flirty yeah and you look so handsome yeah i know i can't i just it's like, it's like a weird default thing that i do it it's, it's alarming because it works it works every time it works every time it works so the people you don't think care about their appearance even you're like oh do i that's people as a whole love to be t- like like when, when you sort of like take a step back you're like oh wow you look really good today. You look really glowing, especially men. Yeah. Because I feel like they don't they get... They never get them. They don't get compliments like that. And Poor men. It's... Poor men. Um, it's so... It's so disconcerting, though, if I'm... If it's just you and that person... <laughs> you're just and I'm there, and you'll be like, you look so handsome, and I'm just standing there like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? He looks fine. Um, yeah. So I think... Yeah, I think... Uh, but you do see how lovely they feel, and it does make me think, oh, that's a really good tactic, BB, well done. I like to make people feel good about yeah. themselves. Um, because it either brings out, like, a really nice, sweet softness to them, um, and it kind of, like, disarms them in conversation so that I don't feel so uncomfortable. Or if they respond badly, I'll be like, okay, cool, you're just not my kind of a person. Though. Yeah. You're, you're, like, this conversation was never going to go well. I will retreat now. But it's early. so nice to sometimes see you in social situations too and realise... Like, you have a certain type of person that really responds to you, and you're so, like, shining. You're just, you just glow around these people. It's so nice to see. That's so sweet. Whereas with me, it's like, <laughs> it has to be quite a particular type of person. 
and usually all of my even my social interactions in a you know not in a in a business setting are business orientated about career and about um I don't know routines and things that we have to do and paths to go on and I don't know it's I always resort back to business at the end of the day yeah but that's what makes you seem like even more like this sort of weird tortured like brilliant artist <laughs> especially if you're out somewhere like at the Soho Theatre where you're wearing your giant dry robe <laughs> so you look like this sort of strange droid or druid or something <laughs> and um, I got so many compliments about my dry robe though I know, people, people were loved it people loved it and also we've seen a few people people are copying me I'm a trendsetter wearing the exact same coats dry so. why haven't you fucking you know at least followed me try and sponsor us Come give me on. a dry give me a free kids dry I'm not going to spend 140 quid on a kids coat give me a dry please um, but seeing you in the Soho Theatre where people like know your work or whatever and like oh it's the it's the mysterious and elusive <laughs> Jessie Cage she's yeah. about to go wild swimming she hasn't she hasn't been seen in four years <laughs> <laughs> and I just it's so funny because I see like young women and like you know like comedians there who are clearly hanging out for like um you know the hang or like to, to, to network I've never hung out for the hang like looking at you being like oh my god I wonder I wonder what her interior life is like and me looking at you knowing oh she hates this she, she wants, wants to, to go leave. home for a crumpet and watch you know something shit I might get into this is us I've decided no 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 apparently no. it's good no no Jesse. no okay, is that like a Grey's Anatomy is that like Grey's Anatomy level um, I think, okay, this um, podcast I like uh, basically just tore it to shreds. Um, oh, really? And I just, I think... I just have a soft spot for Mandy Moore because of Tangled. <laughs> you also tell someone on phone now that they look like Prince Eric. <laughs> yeah, but he did look like Prince Eric. He does look like Prince He looks like a brunette, uh, like, a, 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 like a less black-haired Prince Eric. He looks like Flynn Rider without the goatee. Yeah, they're very right. Yeah. Or I think the guy from Tangled, which is why it's in my mind probably. That's Ethan Ryder is. Right, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> um, what were we just saying? So, yeah, don't worry. I was just, I was, I was, I was doing a really strange deviation onto This Is Us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't, you can't be watching This Is Us. You no, this but is to us. be honest, and I know that this is a bad thing to say on a podcast, but it's audio only, so who gives a shit? <laughs> it's a fucking, like, we, I, we feel like we have so much more freedom. I just like Mandy more because she seems seems like the type of actress who could get fat <laughs> and I love an actress who looks like they at least have to try you know they're not just naturally I get what you mean yeah. like Natalie Portman unfortunately is never I'm never gonna like her as much as I could because I'm always like you've been so blessed for such a long oh, time yeah. that I just can't even relate on a small level no. I like someone that looks like they they, they put in a bit of a grind you yeah know? yeah yeah they they can't eat too many frappuccinos you know drink it's a drink <laughs> I would take frappuccino to be honest the first part of it you are eating it the second part of it you are drinking oh my god I miss frappuccinos it's a multi-sensory experience really just you know I would love to have a frappuccino in every other pregnancy I've really had a lot of frappuccinos this one I haven't indulged anyway we've had some really interesting questions because we also wanted to talk about regrets yes um we've had a few <laughs> No, <laughs> okay. Actually, to be honest, this is another deviation, but something I really want you to watch alongside the wheel, yeah, is The Masked Singer. 
please. Do you just have to watch one full episode of What's The Masked your, Singer? What is going on with Because I have to watch these shows because of the kids, and I just want your opinion, because it's so funny. Our mum was around yesterday, and she watched a bit of The Masked Singer. And when you don't have kids and you're watching The Masked Singer, it's a strange experience, and yeah. I just want your take on it. Okay, cool. I want your take on Rita Ora oh, and Jonathan yeah. Ross Rita and their relationship. Rita Ora, she's um, not particularly liked by the younger generation. Really? Because of her 30th birthday or something? Which she spent, or no, she was fined £30,000. No, because she's um, somebody that's been accused of blackfishing. Which is where you um, sort of, it's cultural appropriation where you sort of, you take on the, um, uh, like some aesthetic choices that, um, like from black women that when you're not actually black to benefit and you're sort of, well, I, I'm not going to give you a, a yeah, yeah, definition yeah. of cultural appropriation, but people yeah. think that Rita Ora basically benefited career-wise for years from kind of just like almost pretending to be like a mixed race woman, and then people sort of belted um, her online because she's Albanian, she's she's um, white. Um, she's Albanian. Yeah, it is interesting. I think she's Muslim as well. Um, but doesn't she go out with that act, that director Takio? Wait, Skinny. <laughs> Taika Waititi. There you go. Is that right? That's understandable. I got that didn't, wrong. Didn't they famously supposedly have a threesome? Well, no. There's just a paparazzi photo of th- three th- them and someone else, like a model or something, uh, sitting very close. They're not even kissing. No, apparently, he, apparently, it was with that actress Tessa something. Tessa Thompson, beautiful fucking actress, like very cool it girl type. So the idea that you know Taika Waititi had um, <laughs> had a threesome. With, yeah. with, with her and Rita Ora very exciting news did he direct that vampire thing he directed what we do in the shadows and he also yeah. directed Thor Ragnarok which is right. surprisingly good film have you seen what we do in the shadows yeah yeah, I, I love the film. I love the original. Yeah, I like film. the film because I love Jermaine. Yeah. I lo- J- Jermaine. Jermaine. Oh my god. Jermaine. What's, yeah, what's Brett doing now? I wonder what Brett's doing now. He is. I think that that. The way he dresses, that's mm. set the standard. In Flight of the Concord, with the animal jumpers mm. and the, like, sort of, the tatty jeans and the shaggy Beanies. hair, that's the standard for what I want men to look totally. like. Totally. And if they don't, it's, I just, yeah, there's no chance. Yeah, but Rita Ora is basically, people don't, don't think that she's very nice. Also, there's re- people are so mean online, I just love it. People were, like, talking about how she's a bit of a loser. She, um, she did, <laughs> she said on her Twitter, if I get 200,000 retweets, I'm going to release my song tomorrow. And then it got like 2,000 retweets. And then she tweeted, my my Twitter account got hacked. That wasn't me. <laughs> but it clearly had been her. She oh. just expected way more retweets and didn't get any. Oh, no. <laughs> so mean. People are so fucking brutal online. I love oh. it. I get quite jealous of her, I think, because sometimes she does really overtly sexual um instagrams like selfies like beach ones you know like i'm in a bikini here's mm-hmm. my boobs basically but i've got a bikini on but you can basically see my boobs mm-hmm. photos <laughs> that's that's just the kind of content you want to be posting out there isn't it i know but seriously i really do yeah me too. i wish i could be like a sexual grammar i like, posted a bikini photo um oh yeah on instagram for the first time uh, yeah, this summer i hated you for that i've never received so many likes in my life i know it's so basic it's so 
Basically, it's crazy that I know. it just it's crazy. I wasn't. Yeah, I hated you that day. Oh, and it's not even a good photo. No, I, it's a I, fine photo. You I, could have looked so much better. You could I have at least regret- like tilted your thigh up or something. You didn't even do that. You oh were, wow. Okay, you clearly fucking had that. I was so this. angry. I was like, if you're gonna do it, like fucking, you, you, it was just such a great thing for you to do though because it was just so you. Are you it saying was, I don't look that good in the photo? No, I was like, you could have enhanced yourself because that's what they all do in these bikini photos. They don't actually look like that. Yeah, but I was you were just a, being. Natural. I was on a crowded beach in Spain I wasn't about to go and like have an embarrassing photo session no but that's what I mean it was so great because it was just you being you but it wasn't even strategic these people all do it strategically okay so you just told me in very code language that it's not a flattering photo <laughs> oh my god I need to go and fucking delete it now no you look amazing what I mean is it was so great that it was refreshing oh my god <laughs> you were brave okay just shut up <laughs> Just shut your fucking no, no, trap. No, no, you look great, and I can't ever look like that in bikini, which is why I'm. But being... it's something that immediately. Uh, I remember getting really like frantic about it before. Like you've seen when I'm getting upset mm. when like Horatio doesn't take a flattering photo. You feel the same when Alfie doesn't take a flattering yeah. photo. I've lost all hope of him ever taking a flattering photo of me for the rest same, of my same, life. Same, same. He took some I'll photos show you some of football yesterday. Yeah, I'll show you some that Alfie took before he left because I wanted to get a cute one of me reading next to the baby. And I look, I look about 85 years old. Sometimes when he shows me the photos he takes, I'm like, do you hate me? Is this how you view me? Yeah. Because otherwise I just want you to dump me now. Yeah. Um, but I felt so good after posting this bikini photo. It made me immediately regret all of the times where I've ever thought, oh, maybe I could post a nice photo of myself. And then I haven't. Because yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. I overthought it. And I thought, no, people think I'm vain. People, oh no, I have to have a really funny caption to justify this attractive photo of myself. When actually, you just feel better about yourself after. Oh yeah. Why the fuck? Likes are great. Likes make you feel so good. They're like little Haribo. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, oh, social media isn't real. Oh, duh, we know. <laughs> I think we know now by fucking now that social media isn't realistic. And like, oh, people filter photos themselves. And like, you know, like, I don't need another beautiful model to do a photo of herself crying. I know. Like, like, my life isn't what it looks like on no, social media. But also these <laughs> essays people do now, these essays to justify everything. So they're doing a hot photo, but they want to seem likeable. Mm-hmm. So they have to do an essay underneath about self-esteem. Yes. And, and it's how like, this is just a snapshot. Exactly. This is just a slice of my life. I actually want it to just go back to being vain. In fact, I saw a really good TikTok on um, the fact that casual Instagram, which is now what it is, people doing photo slides. So they'll do like one nice photo themselves in and amongst like a photo of some scenery, a texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate, the, like, I hate, why do they call them dumps? Stop calling photo them dumps. Photo dumps. It's, it's, it's gross. I hate that word. Um, <laughs> and I also just, it, this, this TikTok was talking about the fact that it's actually much more insidious than the old vain Instagram where people were posting highly posed, highly edited photos of themselves. Because at least that was performative. I know. At least that was just real and like, yeah, it's a bit vain, but at least we're not trying to also now compete on how casual and likeable you can see. Yeah, or how real we are. Yeah. There was, it was actually quite funny yesterday. It was actually fascinating because- um, Interesting. (laughs) Wacky. Superb. (laughs) <laughs> because I clicked on, you know, on the, you know, explore fucking page, yeah. which is the, you know, the death of all of us. Yeah. I clicked on somebody who was just wearing a fine outfit. Yeah. But, you know, it was enough of an edited photo. She was holding a takeaway coffee cup and she was just looking at the coffee cup. And she had some kind of username that involved mama, but there was no kids to be seen. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why I clicked on that. I click on anyone's photo where they have kids on for some reason because I'm, I'm weird. And anyway, I just looked at it and I was like, she's just holding a coffee and she's in a nice outfit and she's just tagging the outfit and the coffee place. And I, 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 I wanted to look, click on the photo to see what's her essay about. Yeah. 
and she had no essay. How refreshing. I was just like, oh my God, this is retro. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? There was no essay about how I should be feeling today or what she did yesterday or where she's, you know, what what things she has that she has to dissect and like what we should be feeling today and, you know, or no mantras. Mm. It was just so weird. But I mean, you're somebody that likes an Instagram essay too. I like an occasional Instagram essay because I want people to occasionally know what's going on in my life. Yeah. Who, you know, aren't a Patreon diary subscriber or whatever. Yeah. And like, that's nice. I do like doing it occasionally, but like, not daily. No. I I mean, like, I could, I can now bitch about somebody who's doing a daily essay. And I had such respect for her before. And now it's a daily essay. And it is because she's trying to promote her book. Fair enough. Mm. But you can just see through. And then they do the daily essay and then they drop in an ad for Gusto Cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I just, um, I just find it interesting. It's not Gusto, it's like another cooking thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, coded. Yeah. Um, I just find it interesting the ways that we, um, obviously, we're all narcissistic individuals um, and social media is just another way that you can like project your emotions and your feelings about yourself like blah 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 we, we know that but it is so interesting like that the way that people use social media is such a direct kind of attack on how you feel about yourself yeah and I wish that like I mean like if we're going to talk about regrets yeah that's a huge thing that I regret mm. I just I've spent so many years of my life comparing myself to other people, other girls, um, whether they're in the same field as me or not, and feeling so inadequate, and yet I now, it's just it's freedom to try and release yourself from, from that cycle, because you're never, you just, like comparing yourself is so ridiculous when you realise that you literally can never be those people, and they can never be you, you are only going to have your own experiences, and I wish I, I just spent like the years 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, feeling better about myself, posting online and not just like feeling like such a sham all the time yeah but you wouldn't be you if you hadn't had those years of of you know turmoil in a way yeah of social media turmoil it's good for you yeah and it means that when you do promote you know occasionally post the occasional like bikini shot you enjoy it rather than it just being commonplace and I think that's nice I, I think that I mean, a load of the responses when I did this Instagram story just now about regrets are all like, regrets aren't regrets. They're just, you know, you shouldn't... Well, okay, that's not what they said. <laughs> that sounds very Would you poetic. trust men to use the contraceptive? Okay, well, that's not about regrets. <laughs> <laughs> why no. I, why do I look like a meerkat in all headpans? Again, not about regrets. What's a headpan? The headband. Oh, headband. Yeah. You said headpan. You did say headpan. I'd love to talk about deep and pure love with you. Well, I think they like me. Um, <laughs> Sounds like they do. Okay, I'll just go to the ones about regrets. Um, how do you make peace with a decision you made but regret from the past? Oh, that's a good one. And then the rest of them are like, do you believe in regrets? Haircut regrets. We're not, we're, we won't talk about hair today. Um, regrets not actually... Gre- regrets not doing actually turned out to be get to be great I've never even considered that my regrets okay so okay. <laughs> do you know what with you like like with that with that person maybe just try and like work on your sentences yeah, a, a little, little bit, bit harder of, a little bit of syntax needs to go into that sentence exactly um uh, uh, and regrets over accepting jobs well no no <laughs> somebody offer me a fucking job please um any regrets about being as open you are on the podcast well All no the time. I mean the funny <laughs> thing about that is that it's now it's just so strange that people do listen and that I mean we went into it so blind mm. 
and it, I think it's nice to ha- just to be just to be sincere and not totally. to be strategic about things in your career. Yeah, I um, there's a certain power that you get from exposing yourself um, online or in a podcast uh, setting. Mm. You do definitely feel a little bit vulnerable, and it is sometimes. Um, I do get panics in the night when I even sometimes with some material or whatever that I've written when it's been kind of exposing about myself. Yeah, it, it can be difficult. It can make you feel very uncomfortable. The idea that people are potentially going to use it against you. But at the end of the day, most people aren't actively trying to plot against you. Like we're this not. We're word. not. We're not like you know the the gunpowder plot. I don't know. Like but relating weird. to that and what you just said, <laughs> this one says uh, from me. Remember, remember the fifth of November. That's what I was what? thinking of. That the gunpowder treason and plot like that people aren't plotting against you. <laughs> no, you were just suddenly doing <laughs> some weird chance. Um, do you regret joining the industry? Which I think really good question. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I would have had quite a nice life being a midwife or something. I think I would have been a really good teacher. You would have been such a good teacher. And I would have been such a good doctor or nurse. I'm not clever enough to be a doctor, but I could have been like I could have been like a doc like I don't know like a healthcare assistant yeah. not that they're not clever enough to be doctors sorry no. but I, I definitely am not clever enough to be a doctor like you don't think that you would have wanted to stick out the years of medical school or no, no 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 no, I wouldn't do that I think in my 40s I'm going to try and train to be like a neonatal assistant so you don't have to have any qualifications but you just basically handle the tiny tiny babies and like change their nappies and you do really basic stuff but it's it's associated with healthcare that's so nice yeah I really want to do that um, do I regret getting into the industry? I think um, it's so it's a difficult question for me to answer because I've um, so much of my identity is wrapped up with uh, the industry or performing or whatever because I've done it since I was a child. So if I were to say yes, I regret getting into the industry, that would essentially be like just regretting your life. I regret my life, and even though it's caused me <laughs> so much pain and sorrow and difficulty. Um, I'm still so incredibly lucky to have had the opportunities that I have, to have a sister that's um, doing the same job as me in, in, in loads of ways and somebody to support me through that. And it is still my passion. And like just to be able to pursue your passion is an absolute privilege. Yeah. So I both, don't regret it. I don't regret it. We both wanted to say as well, like I think a lot of people and a lot of questions we get sometimes are about, you know, not going for what you want and regretting, should you, you know, should you just quit everything and go for your pursue your passion? And it's my answer is always yes. Yeah. Like unless you are going for it, you can't bitch about it. Yeah. You can't moan about it. You've just got to go for it. You've got to be brave. Yeah. Because at least if you go for it, then when you've gone for it, then you can start to bitch and moan like we do. Because then yeah. it's like, well, at least we're in the safe territory of like having tried doing it. Yeah. Um. Like if I don't try and do like healthcare stuff in my forties. I can I can right now say I would be so good at that. Mm-hmm. I would be amazing. I should have been a doctor. I'm a wasted like wasted. Yeah, it's very it's easy. So easy for me to say. I'd probably be appalling. I probably wouldn't get the job. I think what's so nice is when you actually do try going for stuff, you immediately realise whether or not you actually enjoy it, if you're good at it, and like if that's what you want your life to look like. And I reckon a lot of people that say that they want to get into writing, acting, comedy, if you just try doing something small, like um doing an open mic set or like writing a pilot scripts or whatever I think you'll really quickly find whether or not you actually enjoy it and maybe totally. then you won't you won't be wondering so much and the same thing with actresses I think a lot it's really common for actresses to to moan about not getting work and to um think they should be getting these jobs when they don't get them yeah but what effort do they actually put into doing a self-tape 
Mm-hmm. That's something that I really realised. I have been bitching and moaning my entire life about like not getting work, but at the same time, I can be incredibly lazy. Yeah. I can not put in the best effort with like fully reading a script before you audition for it. Like, oh, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I'm joking. You don't have to always do that, but like. I definitely wasn't making as much effort as I could have been and now it's like, okay, in order for me to feel validated and bitching about it, I do have to try my absolute No, best. absolutely. And I think as long as you're putting everything into the basket that you want to carry. Yeah. <laughs> that little green basket. You should put out all your eggs into that basket. Definitely. And enjoy carrying the loads. And if you drop the eggs, get a new basket exactly. and find a new chicken. Yeah, try duck eggs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another one's taking a strange turn. Didn't use condom one time, got herpes, keeps coming back. <laughs> Anxiety through the roof. I'm sorry about that. That's awful. That I can so relate because awful. one of the first times I had sex, I got a weird tropical virus, mm. which wasn't didn't end up being... So the herpes unless, keeps coming back? Herpes keeps coming back. Poor her. That's or him. Awful. Him. Maybe him. I know somebody that got um, herpes first time they had sex. Like, I know loads of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's There's fucking common. People do fucking not liar. talk about STDs enough. No, they don't. They don't. Okay, we that, we could do a whole podcast Maybe, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Let's we'll say that yeah, yeah. next time. This isn't the one. The no. one this isn't our STD podcast yet, but it will. it's coming. Um, it's coming. To, we actually touched on this one from your bikini talk about looking at photos from the past and regretting... Like, looking at photos from the past and thinking, oh my god, I look so much better then, and then hating the self you are now. Or the opposite. Hating, hating the past, the past one. Yeah. And that's so stupid too. You're evolving all the time. And as long as you're not, you know, wrecking yourself daily, I don't think you should... If you, Of course you're going to look different. That's mm. what life is. Do you think you're going to look the same from when you're 8 to 80? Yeah. And you just shouldn't be so mean to yourself. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know, I can talk, you can talk... Uh, everyone can talk we're all very mean to ourselves um but sometimes I have such a like a fluctuating relationship with my body and with the way that I feel about it and with my hair and with my skin and with like my weight and everything like that never ever ever felt good about it properly ever and then I look back at these photos of myself when I was 18 or 19 when I was like even more insecure about it and trying to do even more to combat it and rather than thinking god how awful I look I just feel so sad for myself for mm. the, wasting that time of my life when I could have just been happy and enjoying myself and trying to make friends and go out and stuff and instead I was like no I can't wear this this short sleeve t-shirt because I don't like the way my arms fucking look how stupid yeah but I don't think anyone lives life without those kind of things yes. I, I, if they do they're probably not living life like incredibly fully they're probably not really thinking yeah. I don't know I, I, think I think you have to have a certain level of analysis yeah. I just think I, I, I feel protective over you when you say stuff like that because I'm like no but you were amazing during those periods of time and it was it was lovely to be around you and yeah there was moments where you probably were being really insecure and stuff but I was I was a complete wreck at that age too not that you were a wreck mm. but like it's just normal I think that's that's the passage of late late teens early 20s and also yeah like it's fine to acknowledge that those were my feelings about myself, but just try and be kind to all of the past versions of you. Aww. Like that therapy trick where you're supposed to imagine yourself as like a six-year-old coming into the room. You're not going to be hot. You're not going to be a bitch, are you, to a six-year-old? <laughs> I have <should've always> <laughs> thought of the six-year-old version of myself sitting opposite me. I'm like, you fucking stupid ugly bitch. <laughs> Work harder. Exactly. Work harder. God damn. Don't go into acting. Um, um, this is such a sweet one. Oh my God, it makes me want to cry. How to let regret go. My dead dad want to walk to the sea? 
Child me often said no. Why? Oh. Well, I mean, I have regrets all the time about stuff like that in terms of Ben and also with my own kids already. I'm like, when they're asking me to look at this Beyblade thing or asking me to, why am I saying no at that moment? But you can't, this is life. You have to keep moving forward and you didn't want to go for a walk by the sea that day. I know, I know. And it's awful to think of that, you know, the truth and you can't go back in time. But your dad knew you loved him and that's the main thing, I think. Yeah. Oh my God, you look like you're going to cry. No, 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 I'm I'm not going to cry. My eyes are just um, very red and itchy today. Um, My way to a football game, my brain's probably (laughs) being around that many men is clearly uh, causing a larger (laughs) reaction in me. Um, I find that, uh, that's a really difficult question. I I have regrets like that all the time in terms of um, time I wish I'd spent with Ben and um, things I wish I had done better, situations I wish I'd handled better. But at the end of the day, you you know that your love for that person is an unchanging thing that would be here if they were standing next to you or they're not here anymore. And it's not your fault that they aren't here anymore and that love continues yeah. even when they're gone in every fibre in every fibre of your being literally. yeah so um, I just don't think that it's, it's so difficult to not have those feelings of regrets but if you just try and put next to that emotion a reminder of why you love that person so much and you know try and it will maybe act as a sort of counterweight I yeah I find that that helps yeah and like in you know Mufasa says no who says it Mahiki Rafiki. Rafiki. Rafiki, yeah, it's Rafiki. <laughs> you know, he lives on. He lives on in you. He lives on in you. And um, we've referenced that so many times yeah, in the podcast. Yeah, we, we're not exactly, like, given, given that we talk about grief a lot, we're not super eloquent on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who is? If you're eloquent about grief, then you're creepy. not fucking grie- grieving. Yeah, it's true. Um, this is a really good question too. How do we let go of our fantasy selves? God, love that question. Yeah. I, I, this is a very depressing answer for me. But I don't have a fantasy self anymore because I'm too brutally realistic about what I can do with my days. So I used to maybe think, oh, I could make more of my appearance and stop wearing sports bras and, um, I don't know, dye my hair really blonde and wear feline eye flicks every day and, you know, become a kickboxer. But now I'm just like, okay, I wear leggings, my boobs are a bit shit, um, you know, this is me. And I don't really mind. I quite like it. I think maybe that is letting go of my fantasy self. I, I, this is what, this is all I can do in the days that I've got. In fact, this, this, got. this reminds me of that podcast when we talked about um, the type of girl we wanted to be, right? Like, yeah. which is essentially another version of a fantasy self. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of a fantasy self, it's just an extension of you. You know, like mm. either become the fantasy self, do the thing, like dye the hair, kickboxer that you want it to be, do the kickboxing, whatever your fantasy self looks like. Get that boob job. Why, why are you stopping? Or just accept that like it's healthy as a normal human being to have like a version of yourself that thinks that they're the main character. We all do. Just don't indulge in it. Like don't think that your life is shit because it doesn't look like the film version character of your life. A film only lasts an hour and a half. Your life lasts however fuck long it does. And so the actual film would probably be, do better if you were the lead because you're more interesting. Exactly, and you're a real person. I think sometimes now, when I think about what the 13-year-old version of me would have imagined my life to be, if I was actually in that life, which is basically just like Bugsy Malone, just the plot of Bugsy Malone, I'm just like a flapper, um, it would be very fucking boring. Yeah. So um, it's difficult to let go of fantasy lives. It's something I think about all the time. But... Um, Make yourself the real version of you 
as equally an important part of your fantasy. Um, and I'm sure that you will start to romanticise yourself a little bit more. Definitely. It's, it's amazing, though, how universal it is, this longing to be a better version of yourself constantly. And you see that every day on Instagram. People are trying so hard to keep up that, that falsity. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's really lovely that we're all going through the same thing. We're yeah. all pining to be a different version of ourselves daily. And it does help as well when you realise that because you realise that all of the time that you spend thinking about people, oh my God, what must they think of me? They must like think I'm such a loser or they must be judging certain decisions that I've made. And you realise, oh wow, literally nobody cares. No. Nobody cares. No. They're just thinking about themselves and how they could be better. So... Yeah, that's at least something to realise. But we do live in a very individualistic um, society. I don't think that necessarily... I think in Western culture especially, um, we uh, have, like, such an ego version of ourselves and then, like, the actual version of ourselves. So sometimes just detach yourself from it. It's really helpful as well to realise that the person that's having thoughts in your head and saying mean things about you and like fantasizing about a dream version of your life that's not you that's just like your thoughts and you don't have to identify with like the worst thoughts you've ever had you're still just a person who's living and surviving or whatever oh my god i sound like a self-help book sorry stop me you should write one bb thank you um let's end on a really funny um question to end Mm. on that that i just said that sentence twice in the same sentence (laughs) (laughs) um it's simple but fashion mistakes. Love so that. I'm going to jump in. D- d- do it. Jump in. Dive in. My uh, long phase, too long phase of quadruple flats. <laughs> Which now I realise was a little bit of cultural appropriation. Little, Maybe. Just a, just a dash. Just a dash. I had no idea. I just I thought, I don't want my hair to be knotty. Two plaits actually isn't enough. I need four to keep my head tight and together all day. It, I don't think it was cultural preparation. I don't think you were Rita Ora, don't worry. Okay, good. Um, I, it wasn't flattering. It, I will say it that. It wasn't flattering. It was flattering from one side, but from this side, God help me. <laughs> and I went out with an older man at this period of time. Can you believe that? It makes you think about him. It really makes you wonder what was going through his mind. But we've actually had this exact conversation on the podcast okay, cool. before. But I used to, I tied them back, which made it a bit more redeeming. Yeah. And usually wore a headband, but that went on for too long. Yeah, but that's why you've got such healthy hair now. It's oh like yeah, a constant pretended hairstyle. Oh yeah, I mean if a hairdresser sees my hair, they kind of start like orgasming. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty fucking annoying. <laughs> I remember once when we were doing was it industry that TV show where we were playing this. Yeah, season. where they dubbed your voice over my face. <laughs> <laughs> they dubbed. They did a close up. They did on a close you. up on my face over your life. <laughs> just being brutal. What for the twenty seconds we were in that show? They cut out most of the stuff that we said. But still, it was a nice day filming. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I remember when we were sitting in the makeup chair and the makeup artist was like, "Wow, my God, you're, you've got such nice skin. Like your your pores are so small." And just as a joke, I was like, "Oh, I mean, you should take a look at my sister's skin." She then immediately left went over to your chair and I heard her audibly go, oh my God, this is even better. This is so much better. <laughs> yeah, That's so, you do, so sweet. Uh, yeah, but like you just have this effect, like this impact on people when they see you in real life. It is, it's very annoying to stand It's so to. nice whenever occasionally I do do filming because they do sit me down on the chair and because I'm so, I like my hair is ridiculous. Yeah. They, I just get, I just get looked after so nicely. Gotcha. I wonder what that feels like. 
It's so nice. It's going to take me literally years to grow yeah, out Yeah, do the quadruple plaits, BB. I'll start now. I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to get, some, you know get right some, now. Get some argan oil. Don't, I look after my hair way better than yeah, you look Yeah, but just tie them in plaits all the time with argan oil. Honestly. Yeah, in I, five years' time. You only get one life, and I like having my hair down. <laughs> I like having it down. The other regret, which also is plaits for me, was when I was 15, I went to Thailand, and I came back with cornrows. <laughs> yeah, so that, that actually, you know what? That you you walked to that Rita Ora could run in that sense. <laughs> with beads, oh my god! With you, should, you should put the photo on. That. You should put. You should put. You look like Monica in that episode of Friends at the Seashells. I fucking loved you with the cornrows. Like it was so inappropriate, but you looked fucking great with it. I don't. I don't think we have any photos. You do. We have one. We have I, one. I want to see. Biggest fashion regret? Uh, the period of time between the ages of, I would say, 15 to 21, <laughs> where I dressed exclusively like a 1950s housewife. It was really weird. I would either go, I would dress complete extremes. I would either just be wearing tracksuit track, uh, track bottoms and a sweatshirt, or I would be wearing like a corseted vintage 50s dress that I would find like uh, in a sale rack in Beyond Retro or one of these weird vintage shops that I was going to. Because for some reason, because of my body shape, or having an hourglass figure, not to brag. Tiny waist. Tiny tiny waist, chunky legs. Um, I never felt like I could wear jeans and t-shirts and shorts and stuff that other people my age were wearing. So instead I dressed like a middle-aged woman. I just regret it so much. Yeah, I but went, you wore big trainers. You just were doing like a weird Lily Allen thing. Yeah, I was going I was going for the very twee, quirky, uh, indie girl thing years after it stopped, becoming, it stopped being cool. So it was just... Awful, and no. I, I just hate it. And you've got so dress. many dresses now that you're trying to sell. <laughs> I'm desperately trying to fucking shed myself of these moth-eaten, disgusting granny dresses. It was. I really, really regret that. Why didn't I just fucking dress slutty like everybody else my age? I'm. I. I mean, again, I think you look great. But I was just thinking for Patreon, um, it'd be really funny to post the video of you. Remember, we tried to film a short film in Victoria Park. <laughs> You, you had your it was like I had my hair no honestly this is the extent I went to I would wear like hair rollers I was doing I was using um, blow dry hair rollers like before it became a fucking trend on TikTok I was doing this for years every day I had my stretchy rollers in I was doing like powder puff makeup what was I think it's because that was my fantasy self yeah. I had decided and you to listened to university. only old music as I well I exclusively listened to Elvis Presley and like the drifters and I think it was like I romanticised that period of time in film and fashion and stuff I just really liked it um, but also because I had made this decision this big bold decision to not go to university and to just do something different from what other people my age were doing which if we're talking about regrets is something I've often thought maybe I shouldn't have done I, I think ultimately it was the right decision for me I definitely would have dropped out of university I just know it um, but I think because I was so insecure about that decision I had to go in such an extreme other direction of I'm this quirky girl that's wearing these funny dresses and like you know doing things differently and I, I wish I just felt a bit more comfortable with myself I know, you know? well I mean I, I think everyone regrets so many fashion things from that age period and then you just get to the point where you're like oh I've worn the t- same clothes for 10 years oh that's because these are my clothes yeah. and I, I like them and yeah. I look good in them yeah um so yeah, I think that's a really nice way to end it. I think we should spend an episode talking about herpes. No, I think we should <laughs> spend an episode talking about 
regrets with friendships oh my because God, yeah. I was going to talk for a long time about culling people yeah because that is a great skill of mine we've only talked for 55 minutes no I think it should be a whole episode so we're going to change that but I really do think we should put that Patreon video up of you in the park it's so sweet you look so sweet I love that I'm so glad we got that footage but you were too like oh no we can't do that we can't do that so maybe we could put that up for our Patreon maybe videos. we could put that on our Patreon videos or maybe I could tr- try um, turn my the Patreon page into like a mini Etsy and you could buy, <laughs> you could buy all of my stuff <laughs> Oh, God. I do still, I mean, I did have some very good taste. I, you I, do? I, I, yeah. I have some beautiful dresses, but mm. um, they're just not... No one's buying them. No one's buying them, and they're not, like, wearable. Like, they're not the kind of thing that you just, like, go out in the town in. No. God, I was really trying to be like Lily Allen, wasn't I? I, I think I was so influenced by your taste. But, I mean, I, well. d- I, I haven't even touched on my style in my 20s. I mean, I looked like a clown, like a clown and I saw a real clown <laughs> yesterday and I honestly followed her for a bit thinking <laughs> I like that I like outfit. that outfit <laughs> I like it I would have got that 10 years ago that's so, so funny there's just you know you didn't dress like a clown no but I I mean come on BB I, I dressed like a clown on their day off yeah you did no you had an off duty clown vibe yeah. that was very 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 much yeah. your vibe and you know my glasses are so now such a huge part of my identity that I just can't imagine life without them. And, but it's so funny because Ten is in this phase right now of picking them off my face. Mm-hmm. And then he, when I don't have them on, he starts crying. So he takes them off and then he starts crying because I'm not wearing them. It's so weird. That's how I feel when you take your glasses off. I look obscene without but my glasses. D- I mean, just to round this off, I think that we have a lot of quirky girls <laughs> that listen to this podcast yeah. who probably have been through the giant glasses stage, the 1950s vintage dress stage, off-duty clown stage, the off-duty clown stage, the dressing like a four-year-old stage. What do you think it is about social insecurity that goes so hand-in-hand with um, like an addiction to Beyond Retro? Why, why do you think that um, the kind of shy, nervous girls that, that like us, we all dress the same? What do you think it is, Jesse? What do you well, I mean, again, I mean, I always seem to bring it back to weight. Mm-hmm. But for me, I couldn't ever wear jeans. Yeah, I still can't wear jeans because I don't like my my appearance in them. Um, I'm not, I, I I you know I had this fixation with girls who wore jeans as teenagers who had these tiny little legs, tiny hips, such hollow legs, you know, just low rise jeans, which were part of my ch- like teenagehood. Which yeah, which have now come around horrifyingly, like showing their um, hip bones yeah. and stuff, basically showing their vaginas. Yeah, um, and tiny little, tiny vaginas. little vaginas. You know, like with hair, you can see the hair coming. Oh, he's like, why, why are you showing your hair? You know, like. Actually, I never saw anyone's hair. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a bit of a fantasy for you, that, isn't no, it? No, but you can imagine it's yeah. that low. Like, yeah. Where's the hair? Yeah, probably maybe probably shaved. Waxed it right off. Yeah. I reckon. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, just answer the question that I actually gave you. Uh, I my dream was to wear you know a little white t-shirt and jeans like Jennifer Aniston and Friends with her nipples out. You know, yeah. and that never was a thing for me because I didn't have that body. So the way to disguise that was to wear as many polka dots, as oversized a jumper as possible with an animal on, yeah. and frilly little socks and big trainers, and to disguise the fact that I was insecure about my body. And there are some women who aren't insecure about their body, but wear those kind of clothes. But largely, I think it is an insecurity thing. You're hiding. Alfie always says this to me. He's like, you're, this is probably too soppy to have in public, but he says something like, you're too, you're, you're, you disguise your 
attractiveness mm. daily. Yeah. Yeah, you do, <laughs> actually. You do. And that's really nice of him to say. And it's also, like, quite nice. I like the idea that, you know, he he sees it and no one else has to see it. It's well, like a thing. everyone I, else does see it. You're obviously a madly beautiful woman, Jessie. Well, I, I, you know, I, that's very sweet, but I... I don't feel comfortable dressing in a overtly, I don't know, sexy way. I've never have. And maybe it's because, because I feel the same way. Although I've, I've, you, I've, I've, you I've dress tried, sexy. I've tried, yeah. yeah, and I definitely feel more comfortable than now. You go either extremely sexy or big grey tracksuit. Yeah, yeah, or like boys' clothes. Yeah, um, but um, I think maybe when girls like us don't want to go for the, the the sexy option that like Topshop is selling, yeah. is it because you think by wearing that vest top you're essentially asking the question, "Do you find me sexy?" and you're worried that the answer is going to be no. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a, a lot of the reason why I retreated to a certain type of um, dress because I knew it was flattering. Somebody had once told me that that style of dress looked good on me and therefore I thought, that's my thing. And I don't want to let go of that feeling that I know that I look flattered and good yes. about myself. Because clothes do, they're asking questions to the world around you and you just don't want the answers to be something that makes you feel bad. Yeah, and for me, so you, yeah, once you got that compliment, say, about how tiny your waist was, you're yeah. like, well, I'm going to show my tiny waist off every day. Yeah, because I don't want people to then focus on the other parts of me that I really don't like. Yeah, and for me it was oh, wow, you look so funny and quirky. Yeah. Let's put you, we're going to put you in that funny and quirky little box. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll stay in that box in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And now it's quite hard to get myself out of the box. And, like, there's, we're not also slagging off the clothes. The that sexy we wore. girls. Oh, we're, no. not, we're not slagging off the sexy girls, although <laughs> they are fucking bitches, yeah. obviously. Fuck um, you. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the girls who like to dress quirky and, and colourful and stuff we're not slagging you off no they're they our people you are our people and we're not necessarily saying that the only reason you dress that way is because of insecurity obviously that seems like but what when I s- this is awful but when I see a really like like I don't know there's there's ways you can kind of disguise so I think lo- I think clothes in general are a disguise yeah yeah and that everyone is doing it in some form I don't really know anyone who it's so lovely to see older women sometimes with their... They just seem so comfortable yeah. in what they're wearing. Yeah. They know the things that suit them. They buy the same things again and again. Like, our mum is an amazing example of somebody who is comfortable in the same clothes. She she has multiple of the same things. She washes it every day, maybe. She has a uniform. Yeah. And that's some kind of freedom, I think. Yeah, it's absolute freedom from um, feeling like she didn't like being poked or judged as a younger woman. Um, and being told how to dress and what to wear and how to like make the right impression on people. She's gone radically, rebelliously in a different direction to that and is saying, I'm not letting fashion be a part of my life that I have to spend any time thinking about. And I think that the quirky girl fashion sense um, that we both have had in the past, again, is a form of that rebellion. It's saying, I am not going to be the sexy girl and maybe I want to be, but I'm also not going to let myself be vulnerable and ask that question, so I'm going to go in a different direction yeah. and sometimes when you dress really colourfully people think you're really cool so that's yeah. also nice and it's also like under my oversized polka dot jumper I've got a sexy honey under here see my boobs exactly you, know? you take a look at these fellas yeah they're you, absolutely average they are completely normal <laughs> and what you would expect well you know that well I I also think that motherhood is a huge uh, part of that for me because I definitely found inhibited uh, it very inhibiting when you have a baby and you're breastfeeding because you you have to be able to whip your boob out the entire time. You can't really wear things that you would normally wear. And right now, my my days are so active that normal clothes are kind of 
I have to wear things that so it, it's very limiting in a way yeah. you have to wear stuff where you can get your boobs out easily well yeah I mean I'm not getting my boobs out right now but I soon will be and also I I want to feel comfortable as I'm moving around and holding I like so it changes but my my spirit animal is a you know a a, a big clown outfit yeah. with an animal on of some type and, and you love that and, you, and, and I love it and you have a fondness and affection and total sympathy for that version of the girl that you were you know and I do feel that it's quite nice to be with somebody who I mean he is a, he's not appearance driven I mean <laughs> I don't know if that's true maybe he is appearance driven but like it's just nice to know that he he likes me no matter what. Yeah, and that's nice. I regret um, uh, until I was uh, until I am in the relationship that I am now. Um, and Horatio likes the way I dress. He also can be incredibly mean, very and critical yes. about the way I dress too. <laughs> which Alfie's, which, which, which yeah. I find funny, and I take it on the chin because I'm just a much more secure person now. They're Aries. They're yeah. Aries men. What the fuck can you do? Um, he'll like actively be like okay I don't like it when you wear tights for trainers and I'll be like wow so you're just saying 15 years of my life I've just (laughs) gone to shit now anyway um, until this relationship I regret changing uh, the way I dress based on the boy that I fancied or was with I was like I would see the type of girl that he would fancy see the way that that girl dressed and try and emulate it in some weird way I really regret doing that over stages of time in my life Mm. see yeah I've never done that I've always been boldly polka dot yeah, you, I mean, I, I think what's so great about you is, like, you, obviously, you say that you're insecure and you say that you have these social anxieties, which you totally do, but at the same time, you're very ferociously yourself in the path that you're in. I feel like I'm so much more of a, like, you could say social butterfly, but also just a bit weaker. Like, I, I, I don't go as boldly in any direction. I just am still trying to please people too much. But maybe that's just being younger. I, I think don't it's just age. I think it all comes down to age. We'll see how you are in five years' time. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be a girl boss for sure. Yeah. Oh my god! You follow that girl boss on Instagram who like just tweets about, um, just like inspirational things about being a girl boss. No, <laughs> I honestly, I just love them so much. Mm. Anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. Um, I really think it would be a lovely idea to talk about um to to, to do a part two about social anxiety. I think that we should and to talk about friendship. Definitely, let's talk about. So friendship. let's do that next week. And if you want to support us on Patreon. Um, please do it's patreon.com forward slash cave sisters where we do lots of extra content and actually in a minute we're going to do a funny book review video um, and because we both read the same book and um, well you, you read it <laughs> I've read 20 pages I feel like it's actually a bit rude you said that we had until the end of January I know it. but you know you've got to keep up with me no Jesse no no another week and I'll, okay, I'll, I'll another be week another day another 20 pages then yeah just, yeah, just, just get to them yeah really, um, uh, reading really does crucially cut into my takes at time that's I what know, you have to appreciate I know me. I know that's where I get most of my news okay that's where I get most of my news thank you for listening everybody See you soon. Bye.